Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on the Bare Bones Yoga Podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian. I'm the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher and educator, and my goal here is to provide you, the yoga teacher, and other listeners with interesting, compelling content designed to pique your interest in teaching help you grow as a teacher, and support you on your path to sharing this wonderful practice with your students. I've been teaching for over 14 years, and through my classes, workshops, online courses, books, and other content, I focus on the anatomy of yoga and how teachers can learn this complex subject and present it to their students in an understandable way, all designed to help them bring more impact to their teaching. Even though we're not in the same room, I want you to envision for each episode that we've sat down for tea in a cozy coffee shop. Some days we'll talk about technical teaching topics, while some days we might have a teacher friend join in on the conversation, and other days we'll face some of the personal challenges that can come up when we take on the journey of being a teacher, knowing that the more authentic we can be, the more we can impact others. For more information about my products and programs and to contact me at any time, just visit my website at barebonesyoga.com. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 33. So I want to start out by thanking you so much for listening, and I want to welcome you back to the podcast if you're someone who's listened before, and of course, welcome you for the first time if you're a new listener. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about identity. Now, I know you might be thinking, hey, we're supposed to be talking about anatomy and yoga practice and alignment and those kinds of topics. Um, With anatomy being my specialty, I love to do episodes on that topic, and I certainly have those on the list. But if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you probably know that I also like to build in some teacher development topics, as what's the point of learning anatomy and alignment and all of that if you're too freaked out about teaching because there's all this inner turmoil? You know, I like to think of it as a dual process. Learn the information, but also grow as a person. And together, those two things merge and transformation happens. Now, before we get into the topic, I want to let you know that last week, which would have been August 12th, 2019, depending on when you're listening to this uh, episode, I opened registration for my one-day wellness event here in Boston called the Urban Wellness Saturday. This one-day event is a great way for you to experience wellness on a deep level through your participation in lots of fun activities. There will be a yoga class, a short fitness session, healthy food, um, really interesting speakers talking about demystifying nutrition and a really interesting aspect of science and health. And then we'll be ending the day with an inspiring speaker um, who, when you go to the registration page and read what she's done, It's really, really amazing. And you're going to be inspired hearing about her journey. I just know it. So this event is on Saturday, October 5th, and the registration link is right on my homepage. Now, because you're a podcast listener, I want to give you a special discount to thank you for listening to the podcast. 
The only way to get the special link with the discount is to email me for it. And my email is really easy to remember, karen at barebonesyoga.com. So once you're done listening, just pull up the email on your phone, or if you're listening on your laptop, just pull up your email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. I want to get the special link to sign up for your event with the discount, and I will email it to you. It's a better price than you'll see on the registration page. And you can check that registration page out, and if you're ready to say yes, email me for the special podcast listener discount. So to start today's episode, I want you to just do a little exercise. If it's possible for you to close your eyes, do it. If not, um, just listen, listen along here. Uh, I want you to think back to when you were in school. And I want you to think back to a teacher you had that really impacted your life. It might have been someone you really admired or someone who had a way of teaching that just really helped you get it. Go back in your memory bank, search your memories for this person, and start to think about what quality this person had that made them such a great teacher. So I'm just going to give you a minute to kind of Go into your mind's eye there, go into your memory and think about this. Um, you know, this can also work with other teachers you may have had in your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone in uh, your education, in school. It could be a parent or a sibling or even, of course, a yoga teacher. So just take a few minutes and think of that person and then identify the quality that they had. And it's important that it be a quality because you want to be able to call it forth from the actual person and define it in terms of a quality that someone else could aspire to have, even if they weren't that person. Now, the reason I want you to do this exercise is because I'm going to talk to you about identity, this idea of who we think we are. Now, for many of us, our identity and how we consider ourselves is unfortunately one of the biggest barriers to our success because you see how we think about ourselves is often quite different from how we wish to be. And I'm kind of chuckling because there are so many countless examples in my own life of where I bump up against this, this dichotomy between how I think about myself and how I, how I wish to be. And this is not unique to me. This is a common experience. All those thoughts we tell ourselves about who we are are deeply ingrained, often from childhood. And when we try to step outside of that identity and try something new, something inside of us can get in the way. We often hear this as that internal voice that says, who do you think you are to be doing X? You're not pretty enough, fit enough, experienced enough, etc." I get lots of feedback from teachers uh, who say they can't get the nerve up to start teaching because they don't think they're ready to teach. And when I ask them what they need to be ready, they have a hard time explaining it. I mean, sure, more experience would be great, but how are you going to get that experience unless you start teaching? So sometimes in these cases, it's that the person just doesn't feel like they can identify as a teacher. 
right? They may feel like, and as when I say teacher, I mean a yoga teacher. They may feel um, like there are these other ways they are known in the world or they are in the world. Um, maybe they're known as a mom. Maybe they identify, you know, as a mom or they identify as a dad, a corporate worker, you know, maybe the specific job they have, a doctor or, um, you know, a software engineer, whatever it is. And so they haven't quite grown comfortable with the fact that on some level, they have stepped in the role of teacher. And so here I'm talking about yoga teacher specifically. So with their graduation from their initial training, and I could be speaking to you here. So with your graduation from your initial training came the opportunity to teach. And with that, you were presented with a fork in the road, take the fork to the right and embrace your new role or take the fork on the left or the road on the left and continue to hide and wait to be ready. You know, I was thinking of this idea of identity this past weekend when I watched an interview between Anderson Cooper uh, from CNN and Stephen Colbert, of course, Stephen Colbert, the talk show host. And Anderson recently lost his mother. And in his description of the grief he felt, he said that it was really helpful to talk to others who had experienced loss and to hear about their loss. And he was getting countless uh, emails and Instagram comments from people who experienced loss. And he said it was actually really um, helpful for him to be able to talk about loss and hear from others what they experienced as loss. And he said he wished he could have some kind of scar on his face so that when people looked at him, they would know that he had experienced a loss and they'd talk to him about it. And he said something to the effect of, you know, he was tired of acting like everything was all right. And, you know, basically implied that if he had a physical scar, it would allow him to, you know, to show to the world that he had gone through some kind of trauma. And when I heard that, what I heard was that the loss of his mother was now part of who he was. It was part of his identity. But it wasn't always like that. And for anyone who has experienced loss, you know the pain of the before the loss and then the after. From an identity point of view, you know, things do shift. Now, you know, I'm not here to dive into the stages of grief, but the point I'm trying to make is that identity is not a stable, unchanging thing. Just like in Buddhism, there lies this concept of transience, this idea that all things are always changing. And that exists in us too. You know, we are always changing, but often the mind's attachment to who we think we are is so strong and the story is so deeply ingrained and connected to our identity that it's hard to try something new. You know, I've talked about this before on other episodes, and I'll just bring it up again here because it's such a perfect fit for this conversation. I remember when I did work last year with a neuroscience coach, and in our first session, when I was just kind of going into my background, you know, like any conversation with a coach or um, a therapist, or I mean, not that she was a therapist, but I guess in a way there was a slight aspect of that. You know, that first meeting, the person says, tell me about yourself, even like in a job interview. And when we had this first conversation, I went into all sorts of stories about, you know, who I was. And after a few minutes, she literally stopped me and said something like, 
you know, Karen, if you're not going to drop these stories, there's really no point in continuing our work. Now, it wasn't most likely that harsh, but the gist of it was that I was rambling on about the past, why things hadn't worked before, getting into all the excuses, and really being stuck in who I thought I was. And in fact, I even remember when she said that to me, or whatever the actual words were, I felt my eyes fill up. I mean, she really, you know, as the saying goes, kind of cut me to the quick. It really was such an astute observation. It just cut me to the core. And it really took someone like her who had training in neuroscience and ways of the mind, and additionally, someone who didn't know me at all to really see my stories clearly and to see what was holding me back from moving forward in areas of my life and my business. You know, and that's a big thing. It wasn't just areas of my life. It was affecting my ability to grow, to build and grow a successful business as a yoga teacher. And in fact, you know, one of my biggest fears, and I'll, <laughs> I'll share this, even though it feels kind of raw and scary to say it in public, um, was, you know, one of my biggest fears was holding my own retreats and events and workshops. And I remember saying to her, I'm not the kind of teacher who has people sign up for her events or workshops or retreats. And I remember saying that to her and we talked about it further and she asked me why, and I went into this whole thing about popularity and age and the content that I was going to be sharing. And, you know, essentially every lame excuse in the book. And once it was brought to light, it was actually kind of funny. And I, I kind of laughed at seeing all the excuses my ego was bringing up. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. When I had my, you know, my two-day wellness event in January, um, and, and the one I mentioned to you to you all at the beginning of the podcast is my second event in that, um, in that mode. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I changed was made it a one day event. So it's a lot easier for people to fit into their schedule. Uh, although it is a, it is kind of a follow-up because the feedback from the January two day event was so good. And, you know, I had about 50 people sign up and I felt great about that. And, and, and then throughout every month, Starting in January, I set a goal that I wanted to do at least one workshop uh, or event a month. And, you know, every month I've done one or two, sometimes three workshops or trainings or events, and they've all been well attended. Now, were the rooms packed? No, but were there a good number of people? Yes. And I was always so nervous about headcount. But instead of being attached to headcount, I instead thought about why was I doing the event or workshop in the first place? What got me excited about it? And this is part of what I talked about with my neuroscience coach. You know, this idea of why did I think people could benefit from it? So instead of trying to talk to people in a salesy kind of way, you know, she and I talked about my passion for what I was building as an event or a workshop or a training and sharing from that place with people. So it had nothing to do with sales. It had everything to do with what I really believed people could benefit from if they came to this event. And of course I knew all these things and therein lay my passion, but it was somehow the ego's way to have me focus on the headcount and all the negative talk. 
And once I pushed past those fears and that self-defeating talk, I proceeded, like I said, to book at least one, if not two or more uh, workshops or events every month. And I have good attendance at each one. And I share this story with you because part of my identity as a teacher in the past was one of, I can't fill a room with people for an event or workshop. But what I found that, number one, that's not true. And number two, focusing on headcount is entirely the wrong thing. So let's get back to this idea of who came to mind when you were thinking about when, when you were thinking about a teacher who impacted you. What was the quality that that person had? You know, when I do this exercise, one of the things that comes to my mind is the ability for this person to show me a different perspective. You know, part of this requires that as the student, you be open to feedback, you know, that you be coachable. And that's not always been the case with me. I mean, I can remember times in my very first teacher training when I was demoing something and there were about, you know, 100 people in the training and my teacher, Baron Baptiste, was trying to have me take a particular pose with a particular alignment. And I, I couldn't even really adjust the posture because I was so set in my ways. And I remember at one point he just said, you are not listening. You know, you just, or something to the effect of, I can't break through the thought you already have. Like you're so set in your ways, you're not even coachable. And he didn't say that literally, but that was exactly what was happening. And in the moment I, you know, my ego flared up, but very shortly after, and, and it definitely had an impact on me because I remember the interaction. I remember the pose and it was all the way back in 2002. And I remember approaching the posture and feeling the eyes of everybody on me and being in this space of, oh, I know how to do this and not listening to him. So he was, his observation was right on, just like the observation of my neuroscience coach was right on in that scenario I described to you before. So, you know, again, part of this whole thing requires that you be open to feedback. And, you know, that's not always been the case with me and maybe with you as well. There are a few Buddhist stories, you may have heard them, where they talk about this idea of the student's cup being full um, and how this is a barrier to learning new things. And this is always something I try to change and, and I have to often remind myself to embody, but it's from the great teachers in my life that I've learned the value of being open to feedback. And many times I've been amazed at new perspectives that I've been able to embrace. I've had many conversations with my father um, where I'll be stuck in a particular way of thinking and he'll say something and I'll think, oh, wow, that is a different way I could think about it. So I want to also talk about this term that's out there, instructor versus teacher, right? Yoga instructor versus yoga teacher. And I was always bothered by the term yoga instructor and always considered myself, even as a new teacher, a yoga teacher. Now, I'm wondering, do you think there's any difference? I mean, in my mind, an instructor is someone who tells you how to do something and it's more of a, here's how you do this or that. And there's not a lot of depth to it. Um, and it pretty much sticks to the basics of what you're doing. And when I think of a teacher, I think of someone who indeed does show you the how to do something, and they also can translate that how and the what they're teaching you to other things. 
So that's kind of the difference. They, they give you the how, but they can translate it. They, they can see beyond the literal aspect of what they're teaching you and help you translate it to other things. They can also support you in related ways too that are not necessarily outside the professional scope of their work, but more just a step beyond the literal thing that they're teaching. I think one of the many things I learned from, again, from my first teacher, Baron Baptiste, that, you know, they were things that were more about the poses and the practice as a reflection of myself and how I could learn lessons about myself through the practice that went well beyond the physical poses. And this learning was supported by the cues in class, the sequencing itself, and all the many hours of trainings and the plethora of exercises we did. On another level, I think of the teachings I share with students that move the elements of anatomy on the mat that I present to off the mat. And this is a very intentional thing on my part so that the impact of the teaching goes beyond the one class to the student's everyday life. Even something as simple as having them take, you know, a particular arm bind and sharing the anatomy behind it and sharing the benefit to the body and then encouraging them in that moment to do it throughout the day to get those benefits again. That's a very simple way of how this can be done. So, you know, let me ask you, what ways can you start to integrate other learnings for your students? Are you holding onto an instructor mindset because it is safe? Or maybe you don't think you're ready to be a teacher or you're not experienced enough. Remember, all of your life has prepared you to teach yoga, not just the 200 hour training you had. And while yes, there is still much to learn if you're in your first few years of teaching, that doesn't mean that you have to hide behind an instructor label. What it ultimately boils down to is you embracing your true nature and having that shine through. I will say for me, even though I initially started teaching, doing what many do, mimicking the way of their mentor, I eventually drop that in favor of me teaching in a way that's more authentic to me. And what that looked like was the slow transition to focusing on anatomy and deepening my knowledge so I could present it in understandable ways to people. And that's the work you need to do if you haven't already. Uncover your stories, shine a light on them, write down your fears, bring them to the surface. Think of those who impacted you as a teacher in any way and identify what made them so impactful to you. Examine what you think your identity is <clears throat> and have the courage to say that maybe holding on to parts of that identity is what's holding you back. Friends, even though we're teaching a physical practice, there is so much more to it. And as teachers of this practice, we stand in front of rooms full of people and act as a leader, a guide, a teacher to share it and guide people through it. Does that mean we try to be more than a guide? No, but it means we have a chance through teaching to develop not only them, but ourselves, to expand our knowledge of ourselves and grow by putting ourselves out there even when we don't feel 100% ready, which I tell you never comes. <laughs> to expand our knowledge of ourselves and grow. 
It is through these opportunities that we connect to our true nature and through sharing that, we make deep connections with our students. So with that, we've come to the end of our podcast today. This was a little bit of a shorter one, um, although I felt compelled and inspired to focus on this particular topic. Uh, so I wanted to get it out there as soon as possible. So a few things before we wrap up. The first thing is please leave a comment on iTunes. Um, I would love to see what you think and uh, read your comments. So please take a moment and do that. And remember, if you visit my homepage, or when you visit my homepage, barebonesyoga.com, you're going to see the link to the Urban Wellness Saturday, which is an amazing opportunity for you um, to spend an entire day devoted to you, something that I know you deserve. A day filled with health and wellness, uh, being around like-minded people, you know, hearing from speakers, yoga, exercise, meditation, uh, a speaker on nutrition, an inspiring speaker, a speaker who'll be talking about science and health. So it will be a day full of learning and moving and interacting with, with other folks who are into uh, wellness and health as well. So when you go to the website, you're going to see the link to the event. Uh, it's October 5th in Boston. You can click the link, read all about it, see my uh, welcome video to you. And you'll also see that if you sign up in the month of August, you get a free gift. And that's also noted on the registration page. But because you're a listener to the podcast, I'm going to give you a discount, a VIP listener discount. And to get that special link to pay, that special link to sign up, all you have to do is send me an email, and my address is karen at barebonesyoga.com, B-A-R-E-B-O-N-E-S, barebonesyoga.com. So take a look at the registration page right on the home, right on uh, the homepage of my website, barebonesyoga.com. Read all about it. I know when you take a look at it, you're going to feel like this is definitely something that I want to do. And then you won't use that to sign up. You'll send me an email. I'll send you the special VIP registration page, and that's how you can sign up. So thank you so much for listening today. It was great to be with you. I really, really appreciate your time. I value your time, and I hope that you have found this inspiring and educational and motivating to you uh, on your path as a teacher. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Namaste. Namaste.